Hey y'all, welcome to Poetry for Black Girls, a conversation where we discuss poetry, healing, and everyday tips that you can incorporate into your life to make life a little less stressful. I am your host, Angelina, a licensed social worker and a black girl. Here we go. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for joining the Poetry for Black Girls podcast party. On this podcast, we talk about relationships, friendships, dating, dating yourself, finances, just all things self-help and self-love. And on this episode, I wanted to talk to y'all about my thought processes on how I have gained weight. And I went into debt, and they actually happened at the same time. And so as I'm going through those thought processes, I'm like, these two things are linked. And they're all wrapped up in this bow of depression that I was going through during COVID-19, during the pandemic, started in 2020. But not only did I start off with a pandemic, I also started off with grad school. <laughs> the hardest time that I've ever had in my life, the most stressful. Not only did I gain weight, but I also went into debt. And so I am really recovering and I didn't realize it. And so this podcast episode talks about how I am recovering and just going through that journey of how I got there in the first place. So if you are in any form, shape or fashion recovering from the things that we all went through in COVID-19, whether that's mental health, physical health, friendships, dating, we just all went through a lot. Listen to this episode. Let me know what you think comment, uh, post on our Instagram page. The links will be in the bio. And I just want to continue the conversation. So here we go. Hey, y'all. So something I've been thinking about is kind of my weight journey. Um, And it's definitely going hand in hand with my finance journey. Because as I was listening to Dave Ramsey talk about uh, the psychological effects of getting out of debt and getting into debt. One thing he says is as you're getting out of debt, you know, think about how you got into this situation, like reflect on how you got in, in this situation so that you never get back so that you never get into this situation again. And so if you don't know my story, I, I don't even think I've really gone into a lot of detail about it, but I was very responsible in high school. I've always been a very responsible person. I um, think I got a scholarship when I was a sophomore in high school, and it was about a $1,200 scholarship, and I used 500 of it to go towards um, a secure credit card. <laughs> And 700 of it to go towards a car. And it was an $1,800 car. And I asked my mama, could she go half on the car with me? And I would pay her back the rest of the money. And my little 17, 16-year-old brain came up with all of this. And I think I was so responsible because I was forced to be. Um, I would like to blame a lot of it on my upbringing. 
like my mom teaching me, which I think a part of it was. Uh, she did teach me about credit and how it worked. Um, she taught me about taxes. Like there was a lot of things my mom did try to impart into me. But at the same time, my mama was a single mom. And so I had four younger siblings and an older brother. So there was a lot of things that I needed to um, do in the home. And I often felt like a second parent. And so I think that that parentifying of me also caused me to be very responsible as well. And I hate that that's the way it had to happen for me. I think in a perfect world, I would just be taught responsibility and I would either try it and mess up and learn from my mistakes or I would be taught and know the right way to go and kind of be steered in the right direction with guidance. But because it wasn't like that for me, I learned through having to learn. Like I knew I needed a car (laughs) and I knew my mama couldn't buy me a car. And so this is how I was going to get it. And so I had did a um, this competition of it's called the Thea Foundation for high school students that were going to college, and they were writing us checks, and I could do whatever I wanted to do with that check. I didn't have to put it towards school, and so I competed in a poetry competition. I think I won second place, maybe first place, and I got a twelve hundred dollar check. And with that check, like I said, I went ahead and. Got my secure credit card, started building my credit, and I uh, went half on my car with my mama. And so at this time, I also had a job. <laughs> I was working 30 hours a week while also going to school. So, And I was working full-time when school was out. And this was because I knew I had to pay for the things that I wanted because nobody else was going to give it to me. And that's how I looked at life at that age. So then here I am, I'm going through college and I get a full ride and I am not going into any debt. I have a credit card, but I'm always keeping the balance um, paid off. Like I always, I only spend money that I know I'm going to be able to pay off later. I never accrue interest because I had the ability to live a very low income life in the city that I was in. And I was also given uh, scholarship money and I got a refund from that scholarship money because I had a full ride and I worked on top of that, did some DoorDash and some Bike Squad. So I just had a surplus of money that I knew I could use. Well, when I went to grad school, I literally got one scholarship of $1,000 after I started school. So I had to start school in debt. I had to take out loans. And at first I was like, oh, I'm only going to take out the amount I need and I'm just going to work. But honestly, y'all, I just, grad school was hard. (laughs) Grad school was hard. I didn't have a lot of extra time to work. I didn't make time to work. I didn't want to stress myself out any more than I was. I lived in a predominantly white city, a city I had never lived in before. I made that choice because the cost of living was cheap there. I had no family there. I moved there and my hair was flourishing. It was growing. But then um, I started noticing that it was thinning in the middle uh, nape area and they can come from stress. And so I also started taking out more money from my uh, loans. 
so that I could live off of the loan and not have to work. And I also started eating out and I didn't have time to cook. So grad school really took a toll on me. I would say I, I was definitely in a depression. I was very anxious. That's when I grew this pain in my um my right shoulder blade. I've told y'all I had to get surgery on that. So I'm going through a physical toll. I'm going through a financial toll. My hair falling out. <laughs> and I'm gaining weight. So I'm at the biggest weight that I've ever been in my life, 188 pounds. I am going further and further in debt. And I'm also using credit cards to pay for this food that I'm eating out because I'm not I'm not uh, cooking. And it's just a bad time in my life. <laughs> I would say those are probably the worst two years that I've had to live with so far. So, and I hope that nothing ever happens like that again. Um, I know that I will go through hardships in life, but I, I hope it's not the same hardships. And even if it is, I know how to deal with it. But now I'm in this recovery stage. And as I've been watching um, weight loss videos, I like to listen to the psychological aspects of things because it's one thing to just work out and get your results. But if you're not focusing on your mental health and your thought processes, you fall back into those same patterns. And so one of the things that I learned in one of the videos I was watching, and I'll link it in the show notes, is that... We are doing the best we can with what we have. And so when I was um, eating out, when I was using credit cards, when I was not cooking, when I was eating all that junk food and that cheese and those cakes and that and those sweets, when I was doing that, I was in a very stressful time in my life and I was giving my body what, what I needed. At cortisol is a stress hormone that will cause you to crave sweets. And we, a lot of people eat out of stress. We stress eat. And I didn't know I did it until now. But I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, I went to Andy's. It's an ice cream spot and got this. I mean, oh my gosh, it's like a thousand calorie. Like this uh, brownie and this hot fudge brownie sundae. It's so delicious, but I would get it like almost every night or this apple pie sundae is so delicious. I would get it almost every night. Most burritos, I love them. I would get like two and three burritos a week and I was feeding this stress and anxiety and I was comforting myself. I was giving myself what I needed or what I thought I needed. I was taking care of myself by doing that. We're not... We're not eating these unhealthy foods to harm ourselves. Nobody does that. These foods that we're putting into our body at that time, we are trying to subdue and soothe a stress feeling that we have. And that's exactly what I was doing. I didn't know it. I was doing it consciously. But we are primal human beings. Like We do what we need to do to best suit our needs. And at that time in my life, that's what I was doing. And so now I am losing weight and paying off debt mindfully. And now that I'm doing that, I am paying attention to, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I 
I'm watching everything I put into my mouth. And so now I'm focusing on the fact that when I feel stressed at work, like when these things are kind of like stressing me out, I'm looking at this computer, I'm looking at my to-do list, I got deadlines to meet. And I'm like, oh, I want, I'm craving some chocolate. I never thought about that before. I would just eat. But now I pay attention to what I want to eat and what I already have planned out. And so when those two things don't align, when I'm like, I plan to eat yogurt, chicken breast, mixed veggies. I had a smoothie prepared. Um, maybe I would eat my 170 ice cream cone today if that fit into my you know, my intermittent fasting routine, but I'm at work and I am craving chocolate. And that was not on the list of things to eat today. I started to think to myself, well, why are you craving chocolate? Like you get curious about it. And when I got curious about it, I realized that I am craving it because it's going to soothe this anxiety that I feel right now. It's going to give me a a fix like it is going to make me feel better and it does we hot cocoa man that makes you feel good that's one that's one of the drinks that you could drink to actually boost your mood <laughs> and at one point I was drinking it every morning and I was having really bad um I was having issues in the bathroom because I think I'm kind of lactose intolerant like I cannot have too much dairy if I do I will have really bad stomach problems. So anyway, what I'm saying is, is that I'm being mindful in this moment in my life and paying attention to what I'm eating and how I'm spending. And I'm I'm getting curious and I'm I'm paying attention. And so it's like the moment you start to pay attention to things, and get curious and ask yourself, well, why do I why do I want this jacket or why do I want this shirt or why do I want to eat this? You get in tune with the emotions and the thought process behind the behaviors you want to change. And then you're able to change your thought process. Because for me, it's like, okay, I want this chocolate because I want to feel better. It's gonna make me feel better. That's the thought, right? So the behavior is I eat the chocolate, the emotion is I feel better. Um, this is cognitive behavioral therapy, <laughs> by the way. Um, this comes from my therapist training that I had in grad school. But you're able to change your thoughts, which then changes your behavior and then changes your emotion. So if I stop it at the thought of I need chocolate because it's going to make me feel better and say, okay, we can have chocolate later, or maybe we can just have one piece of chocolate today, or we already had chocolate today. You know, you kind of like, um, you're kind of negotiating with yourself, or you can say, well, I can also go for a walk, because walking makes me feel good too. Or I could also do some deep breathing, because deep breathing makes me feel good too. I could journal. I could call a friend. So you start trying to replace that behavior with something else. And the thought now is not I need chocolate because it makes me feel better, but it's I need something because I need to cope with this stress that I'm feeling. And when you need something, it's not just this chocolate is going to fix it. It's something will fix it. So now you can 
come up with ideas of what's something. And so what I've been doing at work is I will <laughs> let off some steam and comment in my group chat at work and just kind of make jokes or I'll take a little break. I need to go to TikTok right now or I will leave the office and go for a walk. Um, or I will eat another form of, you know, like something else I already had planned for that day. So I go ahead and drink my water or I have a fruit smoothie. I'll drink that, but I'm definitely trying to replace that behavior. And a lot of times the emotion of happiness comes anyway, but it's also happiness and satisfaction and pr being proud of myself and not happiness and regret because I went over on my diet or I, you know, feel like I'm falling back into that same pattern of feeding my emotions. And so when we change our thoughts, we can change our behaviors and then we can change how we feel about ourselves and how we just feel in the moment. And that also goes hand in hand with money because I was watching another YouTube video that talked about getting out of debt and the guy said he looked at shopping differently like as he was going through his debt-free journey he started reframing how he looked at shopping and he said when he goes shopping now he will ask himself why do I want to purchase these pants or this jacket like you ask yourself what purpose is this serving for me and he realized that a lot of it was I want to look a certain way. I want to keep up with the trends. I want to impress somebody. This will this will do something for me and it will control how other people see me. And y'all, I promise I did that with, uh, it was either some jeans or a shirt or something. And I was like, I'm not even buying this for me. I'm buying this because I want people to think that I dress well. Or I want people to think that I look good. Like, I want to control the way somebody else thinks about me. Definitely when it comes down to shoes, for sure. Like, we will buy these expensive shoes because we want people to think that we got good taste. And it's like, okay, well, you get a five-minute affirmation or somebody looking at you as you walk through the room. But that's $100, $200 you spent that you can't get back. You can resell them, but that's money you could have spent on your debt. And instead you bought five minutes of attention. <laughs> and it's like, now you realize that you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for somebody else. And so, yeah, buy nice things, like do it, but do it for you. If the thought behind it is, well, I want, I'm going to this family gathering and I want them to think, you know, I look good. Then maybe don't get those pair of shoes because you might end up regretting it later. Another thing is I don't buy clothes that don't fit the way I want them to fit. Like, I do not like that. Um, if it doesn't fit right and I have to go get it tailored or I got to wear it a certain kind of way or I got to lose a few pounds for it to fit, I'm not buying it. And if I can't take it back, I'm not buying it because that's coming out of more money just to make something fit the way you want it to fit when you could have bought something that fits the way you want it to fit anyway. You know, so just being mindful about how we spend our money, why we spend our money, being mindful about what we're eating, why we're eating it, <laughs> and also being mindful about 
how you got into the situation you're in and giving yourself some compassion. Because when I look back at that, oh my goodness, 17-year-old girl um, or the 17-year-old girl who was spending money wisely and trying to do everything correct, she's probably really hard on herself. And then when I look back at the 20-something-year-old young adult who was just kind of drowning in debt and felt like it was her only way out um, and putting a lot more hope into that salary (laughs) than she should have, she was drowning in depression. And so now I'm recovering from that. And we all probably have had to recover from this pandemic that we were just in. I'm sure we've all had some things and some habits we picked up as we tried to cope with the world that we were living in um, and just everything that's been going on. And so just looking back at yourself and giving yourself some compassion is what I've been doing and being mindful of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So I hope this episode resonated with y'all. I just wanted to share those nuggets and uh, that experience and that thought process I was having. But I'll talk to y'all in another episode of Poetry for Black Girls.